knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Hello and welcome to the Truth From The Stand Deer Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Clint Campbell, and you're listening to episode number 39. Today we're getting our whitetail reports from Indiana, Pennsylvania, and Michigan, so stay tuned. Alright, alright, alright. Welcome back to another episode of the Truth From The Stand Deer Hunting Podcast. And this installment of the DIY Report. DIY Report number three. We have some folks coming to us from Indiana, Pennsylvania, and Michigan. So looking forward to get their updates. And uh, today is, uh, I guess it is November 2nd, if you guys are listening to this, or at least November 2nd is when this will be launched. So it is finally here, that time of year we all kind of look forward to. It's like Whitetail Christmas. The beginning of November is here, which means things should be heating up in your neck of the woods if they haven't already started. And we'll, of course, get that report from those folks coming up here in just a couple minutes. Uh, as you're listening to this, I'll likely be on my way to Ohio. I do my my yearly Ohio trip. Well, this will be the second year that I've gone um, to go out and hunt some public land. Had a great year last year. Uh, killed a great deer. Um, hoping to do that again this year. This year, I think, is going to be a little... Possibly a little bit more challenging. Um, you know, the area that I'll be hunting is not quite doesn't have quite the deer density that you look for, or, or that you would maybe want to see in terms of getting run over with deer. But it certainly has the age structure to grow some really nice deer. So looking forward to this uh, to this upcoming hunt, and I will be on my way there as you guys are listening to this. Uh, one piece of housekeeping before we dive into our DIY report. The next podcast that we release, which will be episode number 40, we'll be doing with Buddy Pyland from Ozonics. Uh, Ozonics, for those of you that don't know, creates an ozone machine or developed an ozone machine uh, that you can actually take into the tree with you. I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with it. Uh, Buddy comes on. We're going to talk a little bit about his western hunt, some some whitetail hunting, uh, his elk hunt, uh, a little bit about Ozonics, uh, the fact that Pennsylvania now has made it legal to use Ozonics in the tree. If you if you don't know, that is the case. and It should be rolling out officially uh, to make it officially legal sometime in uh, mid to later November, at least from the press uh, release that I that I read by the uh, Pennsylvania Game and Fish or the Pennsylvania Game Commission. Um, but also you want to pay attention to that episode because we are going to be giving away an Ozonics unit to listeners of episode number 40. And the details for how to enter into that giveaway will be part of that podcast. So make sure you tune into that. But without further ado, let's go ahead and get cranking with this week's DIY report. 
DIY report is coming to you by way of the Hoosier State, Indiana, brought to us by Jesse Lipscomb. I did not butcher your last name this time, so I think we're off to a good start. How's it going, man? It's going good. How are you doing? Good, man. Hey, first things first, I want to uh, congratulate you on a great uh, October buck. I saw some uh, pictures on Facebook here. I think it was a week or so ago, Um, so that's a great-looking deer, man. Yes, sir. Uh, it was actually on the 26th. He, he taped out at 165 and 4.8. He was definitely my best bow buck today. He's definitely a dandy. Yeah, man. It's, uh, I definitely wouldn't be passing passing those up in the timber too too often. Uh, but, uh, hey, I want to thank you for hopping on here and taking some time to go through uh, giving us an update of what's happening in the uh, in the Hoosier State. So let's just, I guess, start off with, you know, what up until that point or even, you know, on that particular hunt aside from that buck you know what kind of activity are you seeing in terms of of deer movement are you seeing some daylight movement are you seeing any chasing that's starting to happen yeah i've actually been seeing quite a few deer movement uh more in the evening than i have been in the morning so uh i kind of just kept out of my stands in the mornings but uh that on the 26th i decided to head into the stand and give it a shot that morning and sure enough it paid off uh he came out in the field i actually didn't even see him at first i seen a doe then i heard some snort wheeze i was like man let's get my blood pumping so <laughs> uh just kind of grunted a few times at him and he popped up over the hill that was in the field and started chasing the doe and um been seeing a lot of chasing been seeing some scrapes pop up on the edges nice now, is, that, is, that, is that chasing um, is that had the deer I'm sorry, is, is that chasing typical for this time of the year for you? Is this earlier than you usually see it, or is this about, about right? Uh, it usually kicks in about the last week of October to the first week of November is usually when we start to see it. Uh, it usually, the best time to see chasing and fighting is usually around the 10th of November. Uh, so it, it's a little early to see this much red activity. I think the cold front that we had come through is definitely – things up a little bit yeah and it might be some of this warm weather that we've had too, kind of suppressing things so whenever they get the opportunity to get cranking maybe they just kind of go full tilt during those times might be might be some of it too so you know i know you're talking about seeing some activity and stuff are you as far as scrapes are, are concerned and stuff like that are those are those really kind of heating up at this time or are they uh i mean i imagine they're not going cold quite yet no they're actually heating up uh, i actually found some fresh scrapes today in the that morning that I harvested my buck that I haven't seen before, so they're definitely starting to hit, uh, hit the scrapes more often. I've actually started to see a lot more rubs as well. Um, I mean, I've been finding a lot of good scrape lines, more on the edge of the fields than anything. So I, kind of, I think it's kind of more to see what does are in for the bucks. Uh, I have been seeing some in the edges of the woods a little bit off of the fields, but I haven't quite seen any back in the deep deep timbers as much but definitely nice. on the edge of the field nice those are all all good signs pointing in the right direction to uh to to the time we all kind of look forward to here in the next couple of weeks but uh i know you mentioned that you heard some snort wheeze in here whenever you uh killed this buck there on the 26th there you know are there any calls particular that, are, that you found that were working this time of year for you aside from you know of course that that fellow that was giving you giving you some auditory uh, auditory excitement that was actually the only time I've ever heard a snort wheeze. So I thought it was, at first I wasn't even sure what it was. And then it kind of came into my mind. I was like, I'm pretty sure that was a snort wheeze. So I gave some grunts back and sure enough. And uh, actually that buck started chasing the doe that was in the field. And another buck came out in the field and actually grunted at him. And uh, the buck that I was able to harvest turned around and 
actually chased him out of the field and then went right back to actually snort wheezed one more time and then started chasing that doe again. And um, it's, it's pretty exciting actually being able to experience something like that. It's the first time for me, and I've hunted since I was 11 years old, and I'm going on to 25 now. So Right. Yes, it's never know what to expect. <laughs> That's right, man. The timber's always full of uh, full of excitement, and uh, you know some things that you may have not encountered. Just about every set, I think you, you run into something that you didn't see before. Um, so it does sound like you know in your neck of the woods, at least, that calls or using you know calls, you know whether it's grunting or maybe a little rattling or whatever, might actually be the uh, starting to heat up to where that those things might start to work a little bit more than they they had in weeks previous. Um, absolutely so how about the weather man like what what do you how, what have you been running into out there thus far i know you mentioned you had a little bit of a cold front there the day you aired that aired that buck but you know what do you see as far as like fronts coming up here does the weather look good here in like the next week or so or are we kind of getting back into the warmer temperatures i, I think it's looking pretty good i think i checked the forecast earlier today and it's supposed to be around the 40 degree temperature um i'm I'm thinking it's really going to keep the bucks moving and on their feet as well as the does. I think it's going to help them stay in the the position that they need to be in order for us to see more bucks on their feet out looking for cruising for does. I think it's really going to play a good role, and I think it's actually going to be one of the better better ruts that Indiana has seen in a few years with this weather because usually this time of year it's still fairly warm, usually high 60s to low 70s, but it's dropping down in the 40s and 30s this next week. I think it's really going to get get some deer on their feet. Nice. I'm. Uh, I think all the folks from Indiana that are listening to this are, are liking liking your forecast there for the rut this year. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it plays out. That's for sure. But I know you'd mentioned that you know you were seeing some scrapes and stuff there along along the field edges and, and so forth. So, you know, in your neck of the woods, what type of food sources are still in play here? I mean, are you are these cut corn fields, bean fields? Do you have some you know good acorn uh, crop this year? So, what's what's the story with food? Um, they most of the fields have been harvested. There's still a couple couple bean fields that haven't been cut. Majority of the corn has already been shelled out, and uh, their fields are cut. Uh, the fields I was actually hunting there was a CRP field where my stands at, and then there's a bean field on the north side of it, and then a, a clover field right beside it. Uh, the, most of the scrapes I've been seeing has actually been in the cut bean fields. Um, there is, a, I haven't really been in the deep woods this year to check the acorns, but as far as the the crops, um, I would lean more toward a bean field right now as I would a, a corn field. Right. What a... Uh... So for this time of year, man, as far as like tactics and strategies that you like to use, is there is there a particular stand location, you know, you know, uh, that, that you particularly like to get get on this time of year? I know you mentioned you hadn't got a chance really to get into the deep timber, and of course we're lucky enough to get get a get a get an arrow and a, and a nice buck. So you might have had a, a limited number of sits, but what's your uh, what's usually your game plan for this time of year when we get here to the last week of of October, heading into the first week of uh, November? Uh, this time of year, when the rut's starting to kick on, I usually try to put most of my hunts to where I can see a lot of areas. So majority of fields, that way bucks come out and check the does, and you'll be able to have an eye on them a lot better than you would in thick timber. Um, or also I'll find a big ravine or gully that I can see down quite a ways to check bucks crossing. Just I try to keep this time of year to where I have a high visibility of 
of where I'm sitting. Nice. So the big question is, I'm not familiar with uh, Indiana. Is it a one buck state? So are you tagged out for for the year this year? Yes, sir. It's uh, you can only kill one buck. Uh, you can actually, if you have access to a military base on in Indiana, you can buy what is called a uh, military refuge license, and you are actually able to harvest another buck on the military base if you buy that refuge license. But just the state license itself is just one buck per person per year. Right. So uh, you'll be spending some time scouting this year for the rest of the season, I imagine. Maybe maybe a little bit of a doe hunt and get some meat in the freezer. Yes, sir. Yeah, she's got a wife, pregnant wife. It's eight months long. She's, she's wanting to try to tag a deer this year before when baby comes along in December, so oh, hey, I'm going to focus on that. <laughs> there you go. Congratulations, man. That's a, You got it, got it done just in time. That way you can wrap up your honey-do list before the, uh, the little package comes. Absolutely. <laughs> That's right, man. Hey, man, I appreciate you coming on, buddy. Uh, good luck to you the rest of this year. Good luck to your wife, and uh, congrats on the, uh, the upcoming uh, kiddo. Thank you, sir. I appreciate your time. All right. Take care, man. All right, reporter number two is a buddy of mine, Jay Rodney. We've been talking for what it feels like uh, you know for years now online. Uh, he comes to us from PA bow hunting and is reporting from the uh, my home state, the Keystone State, Pennsylvania. So how's it going, man? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Uh, glad to finally get in touch with you. Yeah, I know, man. It's been it's like I said, it's been feels like we've been chatting on and off for <laughs> for a couple years and kicking around different ideas. I, I think a lot of them kind of. Uh, kind of rally around the idea of habitat management because I know that you're willing to kind of, you know, that that approach in conservation and stuff like that. And I think that's where our, our initial conversation started. Indeed, indeed, yeah. Yeah. So, hey, I, I first off, let me say thanks for hopping on and doing this. I want to get a sense. I know, you know, I live in Pennsylvania, of course, but we live in different sections of PA. And just truth be told, right. um, you know, with the, what I had going on at the earlier part of the year of um, being fortunate enough to wrap my tag around a buck, I haven't had an, a lot of opportunity to kind of get back out in the timber. The honey-do list kind of grew uh, once that once that happened. So I've been being a, a good whitetail hunter and trying to get that taken care of so I can take my rutcation. So I wanted to call someone who I know has been active and out in the timber to give us an update of what's happening in Pennsylvania. So let's start off with uh, buck activity. Are you seeing at this point, you know, any daytime movement or chasing that you would attribute to kind of the rut getting cranked up? I'll tell you, you know, it, it's been a really odd year so far this year. Uh, I, the only buck I've seen during the day is on camera. Hmm. Uh, so I haven't seen any on as I'm in stand. Now, last light, I, I caught a glimpse of a few, but it was just uh, a little on the dark side. So uh, they, you know, it, it's strange though. I'll be in one spot and not see any movement. And then five miles away, a buddy's telling me he's seeing them running all over the place. Yeah, that's kind so of So it's, it's really, a, it really is kind of... Uh, standing me on my head a little bit this year so far you know yeah i hear you it's i can say at least the the, the time i the time i was able to spend in the stand this year um i didn't see a whole lot of movement um of course this was earlier in the year now i had checked in with a buddy of mine who was hunting a couple different pieces of public land uh over this weekend and uh he did start to see movement now nothing you know in terms of maturity they were all still relatively younger right. i think he said he saw two shooters but he said they definitely were nosing around some does, um, you know, two different instances. He hunted two different sections, which he thought was kind of weird or kind of wild where he was in one section, you know, saw a younger buck kind of nosing a doe around harassing her. And then he went to another, you know, piece of piece of ground that was, uh, it was probably 20, 30 miles away. And he saw the exact same thing happen, which is kind of wild because I know, I know what you're saying. A lot of times this stuff is kind of localized. It seems like that I've run into too. Um, 
Now, as far as like scrapes and stuff like that, is that still are those still kind of uh, heat, heating up? Are you you get seeing a lot of activity? Do you have some cameras hung on scrapes? You get any any action? Oh there? yeah, man, they they really are. Uh, which is, I mean, they've been going for a good two weeks now, if not a little longer. Uh, just in my experience, uh, which you know, with the warm weather, it was wasn't sure uh, how they were going to react to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm talking to a lot of friends who are out hunting even more so than I am. And they're like, I go into my spot and I see, you know, three or four more scrapes, new scrapes in, in these certain areas. And, uh, it gets pretty excited when you start seeing that kind of activity, you know? Um, so it's, it's going to have to happen sometime, you know, yeah. they're going to have to breach soon. So it's whether or not we're going to be able to catch them during shooting hours. Uh, that's going to be the. That's going to be the trick, honestly. Yeah, I, know. Uh, I was lo- I was looking at the forecast here coming up, and I know, you know, as I, as I mentioned, I'm getting ready to go take my my trip to Ohio. And the one thing I was looking at was right. the rain. And a lot of times, I don't mind, you know, hunt, hunting the rain, especially if it's a steady little little bit of rain uh, with some with a temp drop is you know, a lot of times nice. You know, it gets the deer moving a little bit. And the other thing I like about it though is a lot of times is that if you get just enough rain, the kind of you know, I don't want to say sanitizes those scrapes where it's like those bucks kind of have to come back around, check them and, and refresh them. Um, so that's, that's one of it. Things, Absolutely. You know, the t- kind of look out for is, you know, especially this time of year before the rut in chasing really kind of kicks up where those where those scrapes can be kind of a, a gold mine to a degree. It's like, look at those, you know, days right after a good rain where they're going to have to, you know, hit that scrape line to freshen it back up. But uh so this, you know, I, I want to get a sense because one of the fellows I talked to, you know, coming from Indiana, he's seeing all kinds of calling that's working right now. Um, the, the bucks are being pretty vocal out, out in the uh, in the Hoosier state. So what are you seeing from your perspective? Is there anything that's working right now in terms of calling? Is it grunting, snort wheezing, rattling, anything like that? Now, me personally, no. Uh, I haven't. I really only did a little bit of rattling and a little bit of grunting the last time I was out. It was the only good day that was. It, it dropped down into the uh, high 30s back up last Thursday. So we had a really good day for it. So I'm like, I dropped everything and got in the stand. Nice. But we've had 50, 60 degree weather all the time. Yeah. So it was a little bit, I was like, man, I'm not going to miss this. And, uh, so that was when I first, that was the last time I saw some, some actual buck activity. Um, but I have, you know, friends of mine who are in the same area are saying there's deer running in the fields grunting, they're coming to the rattle. So it's definitely working. Um, maybe not so much for myself, but, uh, you know, it, it's definitely that time, uh, you know, it's starting to really kick up the pre-rut activity now so they're nice. they're getting a lot more active i just you know it's unfortunately the warm weather's keeping them a little bit more nocturnal i think right um, but yeah. you know it's gonna have to break sooner or later it's That's gonna right. have to break so yeah it does it's it's just a matter of uh if we're in the correct stands or not whenever they break <laughs> that's it the trick um, it's rolling the dice yeah speaking of those uh weather fronts man what's uh what's the weather looking like for you in your neck of the woods uh of pa for the uh for the next week or so is the weather looking like are you going to get any decent weather or is is it kind of is it warming back up completely what's the story there you know it's all over the map again i mean we have temperatures as low as you know 49 to 51 that area right back up to 64 uh it's going to be wet for about four or five days next week so um it's it's going to be pick and choose you know try and get out when you can um but uh, i i think maybe it's going to be the very end of the uh season that we're going to be able to really hit it hard because uh, it's finally going to cool down and get into the 40s and stuff like that so um you know i hate to focus so much on weather but man it's it's been a bit of an achilles 
feel for us lately, uh, especially up here in the Northeast. Yeah, I hear that. Man. But it's, uh, it's, it's been that way. It's been that way around here too. It's just I kind of got you know lucky on the roll of the dice with mine. That first opening, that first opening Saturday was really good with that cold front that came through, and I saw some good deer um, that day. But it really has, man. It's been it's been kind of a crapshoot. Which last year the weather I feel like was pretty good. It was the year before that that the weather was really really warm. So. I guess we can't have it the uh, I guess we can't have the best all, all the time. I guess we have to take what we take what we get and try to, to try to make do with it. But in, indeed, man, yeah. I mean, that, our first day was probably the most deer activity I saw was on first day. I had my nine year old out for the mentored youth hunt with the uh, crossbow action, and uh, it was good to see him see deer. Uh, nothing close enough to shoot at, but uh, you know that was probably the most deer I saw all season so far was first day. I hear you. Now, what about uh, food sources? How are they playing a role this time of year still? Like, what's 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 a tra- Attractive in your neck of the woods. I know for me, it's I had a ton of acorns where where I typically hunt. So that and with the warm weather, even in the timber, you know, all their normal browse is still kind of a, a viable option for them. What's it look like where you're at? Well, same thing. You know, we get a, we got a lot of a lot of hard mast uh, up in our area, and it's been kind of consistent. It's not like it all fell at one time. It's been spreading out. And again, you know, we still have green trees here in certain areas. So, uh, you know, it's kind of spreading itself out. Um, you know, we have, uh, we, we actively use food plots. Uh, a friend of mine has a food plot seed company and we use a lot of his stuff and they have been hitting that pretty hard. The thing is there's so much else in the woods for them to hit like the, you know, the, the crab apples and the, uh, the chestnuts, you know, all that stuff is still out there. So they're not so dependent on, you know, our food sources that we're providing for them. Uh, so it's kind of hit or miss, unfortunately, but uh, it's a lot of the travel areas is what I've been focusing on, be, you know, between their bedding and where they like to go feed. So that's where I've been focusing stands right now nice. uh, lately. Nice. So that actually and, uh, was a nice segue into the, to the, to the next, uh, the next question was just, I'm curious this time of year, you know, what you're looking for in terms of, you know, or what, tactics or strategies you like to employ this time of year is there you just mentioned you like to kind of focus on travel corridors for your stand locations is there anything else that you really kind of like to key in on this time of year well now that we're getting into a little bit more action uh, i'll kind of move into some different uh different funnels that i usually don't see much deer activity in the early season but you'll start to see it when the bucks are starting to chase and they're starting to move around a lot more they kind of start to get a lot more active in those areas um, food sources where the dough are going to be, you know, the bucks are going to be. So I'll move a little closer sometimes to some food sources, some food plots and hunt like the very edge of the plots. Mm-hmm. Uh, numerous times I've sat back a little bit and I sat there all night watching the deer run around the edge of the food plot. So I kind of learned to adjust my tactics a little bit and uh, get a little closer to the, to the open areas uh, where they like to run around a little bit. Right. Uh, but you know, food is, food's good to have, you know, if you're fortunate, I mean, a lot of guys, you know, there's spots that I hunt state, land and you just strictly have to hunt funnels i mean you find the best spot where you're seeing a lot of activity and where they have to travel through whether it be rock pilings or ledges or benches you know something of that nature and it's really gonna you're gonna increase your odds of seeing deer activity you know uh, when they have to travel in a certain direction so uh but i'm fortunate enough to hunt some private land where we actually can put some food plots in and stuff like that so i like to kind of concentrate on the food right best i can yeah that's the name of the game man you got to try to be where the where the deer are i always say you can't kill them if you can't see them so um thanks for jumping on here man thanks for giving me the update uh uh update uh for for pa good luck to you the rest of the year good luck to the uh the fellows over at the uh pennsylvania or pa bow hunting uh tell those guys i said good luck and uh will do man will do and i'll uh i'll check in with you again soon 
Absolutely look forward to it, man. Hey, good luck to you, you guys. Uh, everybody else out there, have a great, uh, great season. All right. Thanks, man. Stay safe, guys. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Our third reporter coming to us from the great state of Michigan, my buddy Kevin Vistason, coming to us from the Deer Hunter podcast. How, how's it going, my man? Excellent. Clint, you having a good evening? Oh, man. If it got, if it got any better, I, I'd probably have to share. I think. Really? Oh, that good, man! That that good deer hunting. You know, uh, the rut is nearly upon us here. Getting ready for the 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 trip. We were just kind of talking about offline that we've talking about our plans here over the course of the next couple of weeks. So pretty pumped for that, man. Well, I just finished eating two ridiculously large servings of venison pot roast. So, uh, you are winning currently. I did not have venison pot roast. I had a lot of venison prepared for the trip, but uh, my venison eating took place on, on Saturday. But uh, now you're making me hungry. I, I'll tell you what, I'd be doing your listeners an injustice by not telling them how simple of a recipe this is that I just made. And it's like, you can't stop eating it. If, if, if I hadn't had to get on the phone with you, I'd be sitting down there still eating. It. And you just take a big venison roast and throw it in a crock pot. Uh-huh. your potatoes your carrots your celery your onions mushrooms whatever you like in your roast and then a bottle of your favorite bloody mary mix and just pour it in there and close that and cook it and it's amazing bam right there people tuning in didn't know that you were also getting the food network venison cooking channel here <laughs> with kevin kevin Vistason. He's i prefer the zing zang bloody mary mix <laughs> over the rest of them it's a hey, little the zing saltier zang. yeah the zing zang is good man i used to use that whenever uh, back in my bartending days I'm telling you, it's hard to beat. So, yep, just a bottle of Zing Zang in there, and I put a little smoked sea salt too, because I like, I like it oh. good and salty. Well, and, now, you're, uh, now you're fancy. Now you're just showing off. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that fancy. It's like a dollar ninety nine. You can <laughs> right. probably get it at the dollar store. <laughs> right. But what you can't get at the dollar store is buck activity and buck activity detail and a report on what's happening in Michigan. And that's what Kevin's going to give to us today. So to get this thing cranking, man, what are you seeing? I know you'd recently been out and we were just kind of talking about some of the, the perils of hunting uh, recently. But uh, what are you seeing as far as, uh, as deer activity? Are, are you seeing any daylight movement? Are you seeing any chasing yet You know yourself? Or do you have any buddies that are kind of reporting what they've been seeing? So I'll give you a... What I'm seeing right now, and then basically historically what I see this time of year and what's to come here in the next couple weeks, and then we'll break it down even a little bit further. I think uh, it's probably necessary to break it down from southern Michigan to northern Michigan because I see a little time difference in this activity and the way that it happens yearly. So Yeah, let's do it. So in southern Michigan right now where I'm hunting – I've seen, I haven't had much time to hunt mornings just because of, uh, obviously work during the week, but the cameras are saying that, uh, deer are on their feet in the mornings. Uh, some cameras that I've pulled cards on 75% of the photos are from seven to 10 o'clock in the morning bucks and does just on their feet in the mornings. Whereas even, you know, 10 days ago, that was not the case. So I would say that's a pretty good precursor for, you know, it's it's starting to pop right now. Nice. Um, big mature deer, I would say it's still going to be another week. Um, it depends on where you're at, right? So if you have access to a property that has a good property with real low pressure and good deer numbers, it's probably happening right now. But if you're hunting public – 
or smaller parcels that get a lot of pressure, those big mature deer are still not moving during daylight. If you're going to hunt those deer, you're going to have to get in on the doorstep of their bedrooms and hope that you can get in there quiet enough where they slip up and make a mistake. They are getting up and out of their bedrooms that five to 10 minutes before daylight now, but they're not going far from them and they don't, and they won't until, you know, there's a, a lovely lady that's basically dragging them out of there. And right. that's, that's not yet. I think there's probably, you still got a good week to 10 days before before that's the case but the two-year-olds are and the one-year-olds are running all over the place right now and the does are starting to get harassed Mm -hmm. deer checking scrapes daily um so the activity in general is up a lot here in southern michigan but i you know unless you're like i said have access to a a property that has real good buck to doe ratio um where you know there's maybe a couple mature bucks in the area where they do have to be a little bit more competitive for the most part I'd say we're still a, a week out from, you know, the the beginning of the best of the year. Right. So is that holding true for, for north or is it, are you seeing something a little bit different up there? So historically, and I can't speak to exactly what's happening there right now because I haven't been up there in a couple of weeks. But historically, it usually seems that things happen there about five days to a week earlier. Usually when I'm up there the middle of November, let's say the 15th, because that's our gun opener, mm-hmm. it's in full swing. You know, right. deer, young bucks are running around like their heads are cut off. Three and four-year-olds are cruising around midday. So, and I usually don't see that activity until maybe around the 20th of November here. So, I think it's um a seasonal thing they get a lot rougher winters up there mm-hmm. I, i'm talking four hours north of where i am in the metro uh you know detroit area basically southern michigan southeast michigan mm-hmm. you go up four hours north of here they get a lot more snow they get a lot harsher winters so i don't know if it has to do with the seasonal fawn drop in the spring but the rut just seems to be uh you know a a couple days earlier from what I've viewed over the last 20 years of hunting up there. Right. I was actually going to say that like, it feels like that would probably make, make sense as far as them dropping a little earlier to, you know, for survival purposes, you know, that was originally where my mind went. I know you mentioned scrapes just a, a second ago, um, you know, kind of checking scrapes and stuff like that. Are those really, are those spots really kind of heating up at this point or are they, you know, are they still freshening those things up? What's the, what's the story with scrapes? Does it seem like a viable option to, to hunt, hunt scrapes right now? The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history designed by John Browning. The 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Um, it depends. If you can find them where they're back in thick cover, then you're you're likely going to see deer during daytime. Mm. All the scrapes are getting tore up right now. But most of the field edge stuff and most of the scrapes in general are still nighttime, especially mature deer. Uh, the couple bigger deer that I do have on camera, they're still not touching scrapes until, you know, well an hour after dark. Hmm. 
Interesting. But um, if you can find one that's essentially right on the edge of real good betting where you, you know, think that a good buck could be held up in there, um, you know, that last that last five or ten minutes of daylight could prove to be pretty good right now because that is the first thing that they're doing when they get up and out of their bed is, you know, heading two scrapes, freshening them up, checking them because uh, every night right now, every one that I know of is is getting tore up by multiple deer, but hmm. not very much of it's happening during the day. And, you know, uh, a lot of a lot of younger bucks in the morning, in the evening versus the mature deer still doing it under the cover of darkness. So, right. That's been pretty consistent with what I've heard for some other folks is just, you know, the young guys are starting to get cranked up right now. Not quite sure what's going on, you know, with the or, you know, trying to figure out what's going on might be a better way to put it. Um, right. and have been the ones they've been seeing more during daylight. I think you're right where the old, you know, the old wily veterans know that the the game isn't quite started yet. <laughs> so they're not yeah, going to waste no, their, absolutely. Their, their energy. I, I would say my advice to anybody that's looking to hunt scrapes right now in southern Michigan uh, would be that see where that scrape is, try to look on a bigger scale of if is that a travel corridor to and from somewhere, and then where is the nastiest, thickest, spot in proximity to that where you don't think other guys are willing to go and that's probably where those deer are coming in and out of while it's actually shooting time to get to those places to make those scrapes right yeah that's good i think it's good advice is you know trying to figure out where those spots are those adjacent areas where they're going to find where they're going to find cover during the during the course of the day and try to catch them as they're as they're slipping out what uh do you are you are you using any calls this time of year or do you have any do you have any buddies who you've been kind of talking to in, in michigan that are using calls and if so does anything seem to be working right now or are they are the calls kind of staying in the bag until here here in like another week or so so historically rattling antlers are pretty much out of the question here in the state of michigan there's just not a lot of mature deer i haven't seen much success with it mm-hmm. um snort wheeze the only reaction that i've ever had from a buck here in michigan snort wheezing is it flagging its tail and running directly away from me so <laughs> i don't like- know how how good but historically i've killed a handful of deer and i will continue to uh do that this year is um replicating a year and a half or a two and a half year old tending grunt mm-hmm you know, which is basically that though that short burst of grunts with maybe five or ten seconds in between when they're in pursuit and harassing a doe. Right. And basically from Halloween all the way through the you know, till around Thanksgiving time, mm-hmm. that call has proven to be pretty efficient for me. Um sometimes it's tempting to overdo it, um, because I have had good results with that. And, you know, if you have a deer that's bedded in proximity to you and he hears that thing going off, you know, handful of times throughout a couple hours. Um, I think they're pretty savvy to that. It's just something that when I'm out there on a sit, if I'm out there for three or four hours, I'm right. Like let's use the morning for instance, as soon as the sun comes up and I think there might be some deer working through the area or that have been bedded down before daylight, even I'll give that call just a couple tending grunts to let a deer know that could potentially be bedded in proximity to hearing me that, Hey, something's going on over here. When that deer does decide mid morning to get up out of his bed, 
he may work over to that way to scent check to see what was going on. Was that young buck actually pursuing a hot doe and, you know, know which direction they're going in? Um, I've had real good results doing that um, throughout my hunting career. You know, I've probably killed, I don't know, six or eight bucks, you know, that have ran in on that call. So, but that's basically about the only one here for me personally that I've ever had success with is just mimicking a young tending grunt and use it very sparingly. Like I said, one or two times when you're out there, if you sit out there the whole time and blow that thing, like you're duck hunting, um, you can forget it. <laughs> yeah. You're just letting them know where you are. Yeah, exactly. I, I have similar th- or similar uh, results and uh, experience here in Pennsylvania as far as rattling. I don't rattle. Um, yeah, I don't, I snort wheezed once and that was just to clear a field <laughs> to clear a deer out of a field so I could get out of my stand at one point. I guess it was like two years ago. Other than that, I don't do it. I do use a similar grunt cause it does seem to work here. It's not as, uh, uh, obtrusive, I guess, or as, um, you know, uh, intimidating, I guess, if you will, the word it, it kind of piques more curiosity than it does, than it does anything. Uh, so right. I kind of take a, uh, take a similar approach. What about the, uh, the weather right now for you guys? I know the weather this year, especially in October was really just kind of hit and miss. There was a, one or two decent cold fronts that came through, but they didn't last very long. And most part we were seeing some, some warmer temperatures. It seems like the weather, at least in around here. And then I know even when I looked at, at Ohio, it's going to start changing a little bit here in like the next week or so, but, uh, what's the weather been like for you? And then, and where's it kind of headed here in like the next week? Right now it's awesome. I mean, it's, it's setting up to be perfect. I mean, we've got Halloween tomorrow Mm -hmm. and we've got cold temperatures. I mean, we're touching high thirties at night and forties during the day. Um, you know, some overcast. The only thing that's been a little odd, I know we had those real warm temperatures and, uh, to be honest with you, I was so busy. I didn't do much deer hunting in combination of one, I was uh, saving my chips mm-hmm. for the month of November <laughs> and really was just trying to stay out of my spots on what I would deem a low percentage opportunity of, mm-hmm. you know, going out when it's 70, 75 degrees. Right. So, um, you know, now is like it's setting up to be perfect. Drop in temperatures, a lot of moisture in the air. I think mature deer very much prefer to move on um, overcast, rainy days. They they very much identify that the nastier the weather is, the less they just hear people out and about, the less they smell people, and they're they're more comfortable moving. So I would say if we get you know a ten to fifteen mile an hour wind. Um, and some rain. I mean, not, it can't just be pouring down rain cause that just makes it miserable. But right. if, if there's enough rain where it's like going to keep people out of the woods, those are the days to go. Yeah, I agree, man. That's, I always kind of look forward to those days. Uh, I don't mind, like, I'm kind of like you, man. It's, I don't want to necessarily sit in a, in a driving rainstorm, but I, I don't mind a, a nice, uh, a nice steady rain during the course of the day or even intermittent rain. Cause I kind of agree. It's keeps people out of the woods. Number one is what I kind of look for is keep some of the fair weather hunters, uh, in, at home and cozy in bed while I can kind of get out. And of course, like you mentioned, there's less smell in the woods and the only challenge is it's a little quieter, which means you just kind of have to be more on high, high alert. Yes. I, can't, I can't get my uh, tree stand napping like I like to sometimes late, uh, late afternoon, which is a, a little bit of a bummer, but, um, we'll make do. The other thing I wanted to ask you, man, is, is what type of 
food sources do you still have in play in Michigan right now? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming a lot of the crops have been pulled out of the ag ag fields, but do you have a pretty decent uh, uh, hard mass uh, drop this year, or, or what's that looking like? Yeah, for the spots that I've seen, there's been acorns everywhere. I mean, right now, um, I was out tonight, and I was really noticing. I don't know if it's uh, the warm temperatures or what the cause is, but it almost looks like foliage-wise in the woods that we're mid-October right now. Mm-hmm. It does not look like we're about to turn the calendar to November. There is still a lot of foliage, and deer um, are still very much just on woody brows. You know, the mm-hmm. um, you know any immature forest or real brushy areas, the deer are just they can hold up in there and and pick at that stuff they, they don't really have to rely yet on destination food sources um the, there's still quite a bit of corn up i've seen it come down in some places but you know i'd say it's there's probably more standing corn than there is corn down mm-hmm. um which can add to the difficulty obviously um you know the beans are all brown they're not really messing with those so it's hard. Um, there's acorns everywhere and there's still a lot of foliage. Um, some stuff even just looks like lush and green, you know, it's hardly even turned color yet. So yeah, I I know the deer are very much still, and, and you know, that's, that's, I think like 60% of their diet anyways is that stuff naturally. So Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it definitely makes it difficult, right? Whenever they don't have a, they're not having to hit a destination food source yet at this point, and they have plenty of food in the timber. They right. become pretty difficult to hunt because now they don't have to leave bedding, you know, or very far from bedding to to get food, you know. So which makes it kind of, you know, that much more important to to set up on bedding or at least close to to bedding, especially the more mature deer that you're talking about, the the less likely he is to travel far from home to uh, to get food in his belly if it's readily available. What uh, speaking of, you know, it's kind of setting up on those particular spots, you know, whenever there's abundance of food, what kind of tactics or strategies are you looking to use this time of year? Do you have particular kind of, I guess, terrain features that you're looking for or particular stand locations that you kind of seek out during this, uh, this time of the year? Yeah. And actually it touches on what we were just talking about food sources and then it plays a part in strategy the way that I hunt too. And, uh, you know, I don't know in PA if you guys can legally bait. Uh, no, can't. So in Michigan, you can bait, and a high percentage of deer hunters that's that's how they do it. If you want to kill a doe or you want to kill a young buck, it's a extremely efficient way. If you want to kill a mature deer, the best way you can stack the odds against you is to go sit over bait. Right. But the mature deer know where every single one of those bait piles are, so they will sit tight until it's dark an hour after dark and they know and they've listened to everybody walk out of the woods and the car doors close and the cars drive away and if you have a camera over those bait piles you know from you know 10 o'clock to all throughout the night you'll you'll get mature deer on those bait piles and it's it's two reasons one they'll come up they'll come in there and just just stuff their faces they'll eat piles of carrots and apples and corn um and these bait piles i mean there's so many people hunting in the state of Michigan. I mean, you could have, you know, a square mile, you know, you could have a a dozen bait piles and these deer know where all these are. So they'll go load up on those and one, they will get a full stomach and two, 
they will go there as a hub for deer communication because all the other deer in those areas are coming in and out of there as well. And they will locate and, you know, pinpoint who's coming in and out of here. And if there's a hot doe, well, then they know which direction they're going. So that also makes it, you know, really hard when you're trying to hunt over like a primary food source because a lot of the deer traffic, Hmm. you know, you just never know. You could walk a real far ways out into the woods where you don't think anybody would be willing to go. And what do you know? There's a ladder stand and a bait pile. <laughs> so it can add levels of complication to it. But what I found is, uh, you know, a lot of times identifying other people's bait piles and mature bucks will 70 yards to 100 yards downwind of those they will cruise those because they will do that to try to you know from essentially like the end of october through november they will do that you know on the downwind side identifying who's in there is there a hot doe in there Mm -hmm. you know what i mean is there reason to stay here and be interested in this right and i've had a lot of success setting up 70 to 100 yards off of someone else's bait pile on the downwind side on the edge of bedding and seeing deer nice i like that idea man you're using using their pressure as your as your benefit essentially um yeah they're going to move the deer to a certain place you know one by their pressure and two by their curiosity to see what's checking those bait piles um and knowing that you're able to kind of set up to to you know to take advantage of it i like that approach it's cool yeah, and you can replicate that yourself as well, too. And I have. Um, I'm not a huge, you know, hunt over bait. Let's say late muzzleloader season that I need to put a deer in a freezer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not ashamed to go out and throw, you know, a small bucket of corn out and come back three days later and, you know, right. sit in proximity to it. Um, you know, especially if you're hunting big woods, uh, right. it's a surefire way to shoot a deer. And if you have, you know, if you're working and you have, you know, two days on the weekend to, to get a deer. It's a, it's a good way to get it done. But for mature deer, the, what I've found to be pretty uh, useful is to imply that tactic, but hunt, you know, 70 to a hundred yards on the downwind side of that somewhere in cover where you suspect a more mature deer would be willing to be comfortable traveling. And w- what he's doing is essentially scent checking who's going in and out of that bait. And, uh, I killed a deer in that manner a couple of years ago, actually probably my biggest Northern Michigan buck to, to date, you know, so nice implementing that. I like it, man. Well, Hey dude, thanks for, uh, thanks for giving us a report on Michigan and all things Michigan hunting for the, uh, for, for this week. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time to jump on here and it's always good to catch up with you talking deer hunting, man. We need to do it more often. I know. Sounds good, Clint. All right, I man. Enjoyed hey, it. Good luck in, uh, good luck in your hunt here coming up, going up North and, uh, let's connect afterwards. I want to get a full report sounds good all right brother you take care okay you too buddy all right folks that is a wrap for today's show just want to thank all of you for tuning in and be sure to follow us on instagram and facebook uh, to keep up with this season's whitetail excursions i'll of course try to post as much as i can while i'm in ohio as much as cell service will allow me and then also good luck to all of you who are currently in the deer woods Uh, before we shut this thing down i want to thank our partners for helping us keep this podcast going so a big thank you to whitetail institute of north america excess outdoor gear and lone wolf portable tree stands and until next time we'll see y'all I can november's on my heels
gang the new truth merch is in stock at truthfromthestand.com and on youtube below any of the truth from the stand videos i've got some new hats beanies t-shirts long sleeve t-shirts and sweatshirts there's even a new do hard shit hat for those of us who like to embrace micro dosing adversity so head to truthfromthestand.com and check out the new gear and use the code truth t-r-u-t-h and save yourself some cash on the new gear